If you are wondering how we've been able to start our podcast from the ground up, it's because of Anchor. What is Anchor exactly? Well, let me explain. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Trust me. It's free. Creation tools allow you to record over the phone or desktop and edit within the app. Anchor handles all distribution to have your podcast on over 10 platforms, including Spotify and Apple. You can make money from your podcast. You know we all like making money with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to a Frugal Athlete Podcast, where we interview athletes, both current and former, on the prudent financial practices and smart career decisions they are making. In these episodes, we dive into what it means to be a frugal athlete. You might think that being frugal just means being cheap, but as you will soon learn, being frugal is more complex than that. I'm your host, Amobi Okugo. In this episode, we got Ricky Miller. Before I dive into Ricky Miller, I just want to let you guys know, if you're driving, pull over. If you are in the house, listen to this podcast, get a pen and paper. This specific episode with Ricky Miller, absolute game changer. We had the luxury and grateful opportunity to interview him during our time at the Super Bowl. And I just was able to learn so much in my time with him. And I just really want to thank him for taking the time to give us so many gems that I've already applied to 2020. But enough about my you know, rant. You're going to listen to the podcast here shortly. Ricky Miller is a former professional football player, now serial entrepreneur, connector, philanthropist, all that. He's the founder of Corbinati. A spirits company. If you don't know spirits, it's a liquor company, and uh, he's out to change the game. If you haven't heard about him, make sure you tune into the podcast. We are in Miami, Florida, for Super Bowl weekend. I got my man Ricky Miller from Carbonati. Um, I really appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Man, um, thanks for having me. So let's get started. You know, you played arena football. Yep. You played a little bit. Can you talk about your experience in football? Yeah. So I, you know, it's funny. I, I'm from Orange County, California, Tustin, California. I uh, went to Fresno State. Was a Fresno State Bulldog from about 2002 to 2006, um, and then went as an undrafted free agent to Buffalo. Um, was cut from Buffalo and then played, you know, three years of arena football. Um, you know, and it, it was a great experience. Um, but you know, the dream was always to play in the league. You mm-hmm. know, and so. Um, when I got a second opportunity to go to Buffalo, got cut again, and I was like, man, it might be time to hang it up because, you know, I didn't want to be a, you know, I knew a lot of, like, older arena football players that were trying to hang on to that dream, and, you know, and they're, like, 30, 35, you know, done playing football with no work experience, and I don't want to be that guy. So I'm like, you know what, it's going to be tough, but um, I, need to find, I need to find a new passion. So can you talk about that? Because I feel like once you're a professional athlete, a football player, whether it's arena football in the league, Everyone from the outside just says, oh, you're a professional football player. Yep. You're making a million dollars. Yep. So how did you deal with that? You know, it's funny. I didn't. I really didn't care much about that. And to be honest with you, Arena wasn't It wasn't really real money. I mean, you know, the top players were making, you know, I think, I want to say there was a dude named, he was older than me, but there was a dude named Barry Wagner who okay. was like the Michael Jordan of Arena football. And from what I heard, because my, my, my best friend's dad um, was the uh, commissioner um, of the Arena Football League at one point. He's now the uh, uh, president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, but I, I, so we used to follow it closely. And I want to say he was making like two and a quarter or something like that, which was like balling in the Arena Football League. Yeah. So what, if you were just a regular player, just you know, barely hanging on, you weren't, you weren't really making that much money. So, yeah. you know, people think they're making a ton of money. But, you know, I think the secondary, like the alternative leagues are just opportunities to hold on to your career and keep your career alive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. So when it comes to, you talked about 
being having that switch to be like, okay, I'm done. What was that like? Because I know you have an entrepreneurship background. Did that like kind of help? You know, it, 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 I think it helped a little bit. But you know what? Um, my whole life, I cared nothing about school. I cared nothing about anything else. I knew I was going to the league, and I knew I was going to be rich from going to the league. So, like, it was a tough transition. You know, I knew I had, like, other interests and, 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 and other strengths that can take me, you know, in, in, a, in a nice professional direction. But at the same time, I'd only played football, you know, my whole life and only had, you know, my, my eyesight on playing in the league. So it was a tough transition. You know what I'm saying? I, I, um, um, I always tell people, like, I used to think, like, anxiety and, like, you know, all that kind of stuff, depression. I used to think it was, like, uh, an excuse. Like, yeah. I, was, I was just weak-minded, you know? Yeah. And then, like, it was funny. When I knew I was done, um, I literally, like, physically got sick. Like, I got, like, like I had heart palpitations. Like, yeah. the, the day I knew I was done, I had, like, heart my chest was hurting and it was like man it was like I didn't I think the the the, the thought of having to go home and like face questions and yeah. like and really no one really gave a damn like you know people are like you know they, they have your back no matter what um but it was hard for me and I didn't want to go home my only identity was a football player so I didn't want to go home so I ended up going my, my best friend who was on the Falcons at the time I ended up going down there and spending a few weeks at his house just to kind of like like decompress decompress you know what I'm saying kind of figure out you know what I'm going to do next and then it took me a couple years to, to to find a passion which you know is a is a is a speedy route compared to a lot of others I was lucky no that's amazing and let's talk about you know this transition that you had and talk about the passions that you came up with in terms of that transition because um, I did my research and you're like a serial yeah. entrepreneur oh, yeah, so it's like it, really cool to see someone in, in my position to try to have an athlete um, to follow yeah no I, I appreciate that man it means a lot like you know it I, you know, for me, I did. I do know one of the things from the time I was a little kid. You know, I grew up in a single mother household until I was five, so I was lucky. I got a cool stepdad, um, but I knew there was one thing I wanted to do, and that was just be insanely rich, like dummy rich, like billionaire rich. <laughs> yeah. Not like just buku money. like buku money, but not, and not just to have buku money, but so I can make buku impact. Like that's really yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, and so I didn't know. I, I thought it was going to be sports, um, but I had. I've had an entrepreneurial bug my whole life. You know, like. You know, I used to wash cars as like a yeah. like a ten year old. You know, with my older brother in the neighborhood, um, I used to go to local you know garage sales and, and and buy little things and try to resell them. Like I had it in me. Mm -hmm. I knew I knew I, I wanted to be rich. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I'm I'm pretty resourceful. Um, you know, and so I just like you know what I did, and I think part of the reason I was able to like expedite that transition was just because I tried everything. I tried mm -hmm. everything. Like I'm talking like. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm good at sales. I tried commercial floor care sales. I tried, I thought I was going to be a musician. I thought, like, I checked every box until yeah. I did something that gave me the, the juice that I got when I played ball, you know? That's amazing. When it, when it comes to, like, being able to try, I, I kind of liken it to, you know, sports. You know, win a lot, you lose a lot. Yep. So how did you apply what you learned in sports to entrepreneurship? You know, for I think, you know, one, the competitiveness, right, um, Two, there's two things that I got from, um, you know, people always ask what I got from sports. There's two, like, tangible things that I got. The first one was from um, Fresno State. You know, our coach was Pat Hill at the time. Punctuality. So, like, being on time. Like, if you were late – in college, if you were late, you, you were better off not showing up than being late <laughs> to the meeting. Like, because I – you know, I, and I learned the hard way. Showed up, like, a minute late and got chewed out in front of everybody. And it happened, it happened to a lot of people, you know. And so, like – 
even to this day, if I'm running late, like I, I still might be late every now and then, yeah. but when I'm running late, I make sure I communicate and I have anxiety the whole way there. I feel bad <laughs> just because I yeah. value people's time so much. That was the one thing I got from college football. Um, the other thing I got was um, um, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like and that's that. the number one, that's the number one of anything I've ever done, you know, or, or number for any success, and, and I'm still grinding, but any success I've ever had, it's because I've gotten really comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and, and I think until you're willing to do that, you're not going to go very far, you know? And so, um, and fo football was, you know, because, you know, football, I imagine in soccer as well, you know, there's always something ailing you. There's always, yeah. you always a finger, an ankle, a knee, an That's ear, true. whatever. There's always something, but you're just used to, you're never 100%, right? And so, you know, anything you're going to do that's worthwhile, there's going to be tough times and struggle. And if you try to get around it, you're just going to delay, you're going to delay the process. So I just got really comfortable, you know, being uncomfortable. And I don't talk about it much, um, but it, that that actually saved my life. I, you know, I was diagnosed with cancer in 2016. I beat, I'm good now, but I, oh, respect, I beat it man. in 2017, you know, and it was brutal. Like, stay, it was stage three, so I had to go through some really hard chemo. But for me, it was like, I'm used to, you know, I'm like, for any problem I've ever had, any obstacle I've ever had, you know, I just, you know, put a plan in place, execute. I know there's going to be tough times. It's going to be uncomfortable, but at the end of the day, you got you to gotta go through the fire to get to where you want to be. And so, you know, I think that's probably, I would say, my most, you know, valuable trait, and, and I attribute that to most of my success. No, that's amazing. That's a bar. I got to write that down. Being <laughs> comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, I have a couple of mentors myself in talking about, you know, desire, discomfort. Yep. And Ooh. as an athlete, like that. You, you talk about this this threshold of pain that you kind of have to go through. Yeah. And I did some research because uh, you were on a, another podcast mm. that was really good, by the way. I appreciate um, that. As a CEO, you know, everyone thinks it's, you know, rosy and gloomy. Oh, yeah. But sometimes you may have to sleep on the floor. Oh, so yeah. So you're, you're, you know, you're. Your marketing, well, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Be comfortable. Yep. So I, I really, I really dig, you know, that you gave us a little insight into being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, man, I, I think, and it's, and it's, it's humility as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of people that they're just their egos are so big, it doesn't allow them to, you know, open up, you know, um, you know, and, and 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 connect with people. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm big on personal connection and and. Um, you know, and that just that human, just that human, like that, I don't know what the word is, but that personal connection, that human touch, like I'm big on it. And, and it's, and I, you know, my success has really been built on that, man. So like, I've always been a selfless person. I think I get that from my moms. Um, you know, so yeah, with that, that, the time you're talking about, you know, we were up at a, um, at this, it's called Gourmet Fest. It's okay. a big luxury food, like festival that people come to. And um, our travel agent only booked us one room. We thought we had two rooms and we thought we had, uh, three and so there was no one needed a room and so I let my guy sleep on the bed who was one of our bartenders and and I slept on the floor you know but to me that wasn't like it wasn't a yeah. big deal it's like we just we here to get a job done you know what I'm saying and I think it, it, it takes that type of humility to really to really get make it to the top no know? I mean that's amazing uh, one thing I tell athletes is like when you make that transition you got to be humble because you're not the big athlete anymore nope so for you to apply that to uh, your business um, is amazing. And, you know, that's the reason why I brought you here, for the business. You, you I mean, you have a plethora of ventures. Uh, you got your own little conglomerate. Yep. So can we talk about, you know, everything that you got under Ricky Miller Enterprises? Yes, yeah, so for sure. So it's our RM3 Ventures. And, you know, the number, you know, the other thing too is, man, because I do have a lot of interests, it's really, you know, 
my success in the beginning was really slowed because I was doing a lot, but I wasn't doing very much. I had a lot of I had a lot of things I was doing, but I was spread too thin, you know. And so, um, you know, when I when I realized, you know, I have a couple mentors, and you know, they say you need to focus, and you need to focus on one, and put all your time, effort, energy, resources into one, you know, build that, and then when you have the capital and bandwidth, you know, to focus on others, then do that, yeah, right? That and so, sense. so then I, you know, then. My number one right now, above all and everything, is Carbonati. Um, it's my, the vodka brand. Yeah. All my time, effort, energy, resources goes into that. Um, I'm the CEO, uh, I have a business partner who's our CFO, um, and, you know, and she's a savage. And um, you know, I really want to build that and, and elevate the vodka category. Um, and, and we're doing that, you know, but it's a hustle. It's a grind. It's competitive. Um, we have a big dis we have big disadvantages. But at the same time, we have advantages, too. Um, and so, the, you know, the idea is to really build that into like a global respect, globally respected luxury brand mm -hmm. um, and then work with a bigger company to be acquired. Um, and then that gives me the, the bandwidth to do other things. Um, but, yes, I do have other interests. You know, once, you know, that happens, I have interest in starting other um, uh -huh. um, liquor companies. Um, um, I have other consumer products. Um, I have one called Eight Hour Snooze, which is a two ounce sleep shot. It's like a, it's kind of like a five hour energy, but it's for sleep. Okay. And um, I launched that in 2012, actually. Um, you know, with a friend of mine who was actually a, a former coach of mine, and um, we ended up running out of capital, but but you know, it's just relaunched. We have a team in place running that, and. You know, we should be in about 50,000 locations by the end of this year. Yeah, so <laughs> no, we, we, we all know we're playing. When I, but when I say, like, I tell people, I'm not, that billionaire thing, like, I don't throw it around lightly. Like, I respect it. You know, yeah. there's certain things I respect, um, and I would never – I really – that's really what I want, and, and I'm going after it, and, and, I, and I put a plan in place to get there. That's amazing. Three mm -hmm. things that I want to point out that you just said, yeah. uh, you know, focusing on one thing, because yep. uh, I just read that book, so I'm going to plug that in the show notes or wherever. Okay. Uh, like, how you just – Focus on one thing and then branch out. Yes. Another thing you said, building a team. Yes. Because you can't do it alone. And then lastly, you know, it's all in the mind. You got to so, manifest what you want. Well, let me give you one nugget, though. Okay. Uh, so I just I just got back from, um, I didn't just get back. And I, and at the end of October, early November, or early no I left in October. I got back in November. Um, I went to Africa with uh, Richard Branson. And um, it was an incredible trip, opened my eyes up to a lot of different things. And I was very lucky to be there. It was with some incredible people. Um, but the one, the one nugget that I left there with was a book called Rocket Fuel. I don't Rocket know, Fuel. and I'm not plugging the book. I don't know the author. Some people are telling me he's from Detroit or whatever. Um, but it's changed, it's changed my life and I think will accelerate my success okay. and, and, and basically the premise of it. And I just like to, you know, when things really impact me, I really like to share it. And, you know, um, Rocket Fuel is basically the concept of um, finding a partner that, you know, complements your skill set. You know, so, you know, it basically describes like the visionary leader mm -hmm. um, and the integrator. You know, the visionary leader is that person that has the ideas, the visions, works on like high level partnerships, the brand creation, but it's not an operator and yeah. has no interest in like running the day-to-day -day business and you know p and and all that crap that yeah. gives me headaches right it's but you but that person can't win without an integrator someone who knows how to execute on yeah. a, you know take that strategy and those plans and, and execute it on a day-to-day -day basis and it basically describes those personalities and how they work together and um and, and it's really how you know that it's really how richard says you know he, he he's really succeeded it wasn't from the book his everyone 
so the, 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 I was told about the book, but his concept is called fire yourself. Like okay. it's like when you start a brand, you're not an operator. You start a brand, you need to find someone that runs that, can run the company better That's than amazing. you can run it. And so his concept is fire. So, you know, he owns, I don't even know what it is. It's like 40, Everything. 50 companies, right? <laughs> yeah. And so he said the only way he can do that and, 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 and free up his time is to know that he has someone they're running it better than he would run it, so he has no worries, right? He's just, he amazing. checks in and, and, and gives the high-level experience and, and, and decision-making, um, you know, that he's best at. Now, I'm going to take it one step further because that's a, that's a gem. I'm definitely going to get that book, Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel. So if yeah. you take it, you know, you got the visionary and then the integrator. Yep. So if we bring it back to sports business, you got LeBron, Maverick Carter. That's exactly right. So it's that's just, like, exactly amazing, right. like, that's how you exactly brought that right. out. So um, even now, uh, other people, you know, you got Stephon Curry, Jerron Smith, um, and you talk. And, about and I think for a while, and I don't know the details of the relationship. That's kind of how I always looked at like I don't know. I don't. I don't know what they're in business, how they're in business together. But like Jay Z and Steve Stout, right? Like, exactly. right, people like that. You have like the big visionary, creative, you know, right brain yeah. person, and then you have that left brain that's like, okay, thank you. You told us what Z is, but I'm going to tell you what A B C D E F G. Okay, you, know, you need those types of people that's to work, work together. Yeah. So let's get back into Carbonati. Yep. Like, how did it start? Which, like, what are big plans for 2020? I know you're here for Super Bowl weekend. Yep. Got a bunch of events. Yeah. How does it? How's it all mesh in? So, so you know, what I've really, what I was really bad at in the beginning was like getting, you know, super excited about like all these different events. You know, every event that came to me, I was like, oh yeah, we want to, we want to, we want to mm -hmm. play. Like we want to, we need visibility. Our biggest problem is obscurity. You know, people don't know about us. So. I was doing everything and anything, but what I learned, you know, and, and through learning, and, and, and this is still a learning process for me. This is like business school for me, right? And so what I learned was um, you, you only should do, be doing events and partnerships that elevate your brand or strengthen your, or strengthen your positioning. So it doesn't make no sense for me to go be a sponsor at Coachella when I'm trying to build a vodka that, you know, the, you know, billionaires are drinking that, you know, people that prioritize quality and are willing to spend $80 on a bottle of vodka when they can get, you know, when they can buy a Tito's for $20. Yeah. It, it's the people that, you know, that, like I said, prioritize quality and want the finer things, you know, and, and so I do events that align with that, That's you true. know, um, but it's been, you know, it's, it's, it's really been a, um, a challenge in trying to build an aspirational brand you know, and, 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 and make it worthy in the world of like the affluent, but also make it a super dope brand and relevant in like the hot lifestyle accounts, That's right? That's true. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a balance of that, and I'm, and I'm constantly trying to figure out that balance. Um, but here, the culinary, you know, the, our biggest event um, from like a activation standpoint, um, is the culinary kickoff with some of the finest chefs in the world, like um, Adam Sobel and Michael Mina, and several others that I just can't think of right now. Um, you know, but we've done these types of things before and it's like all the caviar and, yeah. you know, crab and lobster yeah. and all the finer things, fine things you can think of. And, you know, the tickets are like 800 to a thousand. Like it's a, it's a real group, people that really care about that type of thing, yeah. you know? And so I'm here really, like I said, just to reinforce the brand positioning. So, you know, you, you started from the bottom in terms of like vision, Carbonati, build it up yeah like got it out the mud yeah what skill sets what things did you take from your athletic skills yeah. and background to be able to get in front of these people to be able to pitch to be able to sponsor these events so so i you know i'm i would say self-awareness is one of my strongest um characteristics 
Um, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. You know, what I'm damn good at is getting a meeting with anybody. I can, I'll knock down any door, you know, from the janitor to the president of the United States. I get a meeting with anybody. And it's just resourcefulness and just that willingness to knock down doors, yeah. you know, however I got to do it. Um, you know, and I, I really built any and every business I've ever started on LinkedIn. You know, I would find people. Uh, and, listen, I, and listen. LinkedIn is it, a plug. Yeah. And, 2020, and, make sure you're on LinkedIn, please. And, and LinkedIn might be mad, but and not the premium version. I'm sure straight up. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying for that. No. Like, I'm straight up. Just all I need is the name. Yeah. There's only a certain com combination of email structures out there. <laughs> I'm hitting you up. And guess what? I try one. If it doesn't work, it bounces right back. I try the next one. So I, I have your email in five minutes, you know. And so I'm going to get to anybody now. It's Efficient. My, <laughs> exactly. That was my ability to, you know, draft a compelling email to get them to respond. And my response rate is like 70%. You know, like people are responding. That's, that's I mean, my, amazing. you know, I, this is a story I haven't, I, I've, I think I've only told publicly once or twice. Um, and this is this is gold. I'm not even gonna lie. This is gold. We got an exclusive here, Richie Miller. Right? You heard it this first. Is, this is gold, and um, and people love it. And I only share it because I really want to give people perspective and ideas and hope, so you know, so that they can go do what they want to do. <clears throat> In the luxury spirits game, there's a lot of money being spent, right? There's brands spending millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, like that I can't compete with. So my um, and I'm, and I'm just telling this story to kind of like show like really what kind of resourcefulness um, and fearlessness, you know, it takes to really make it happen. Oh. And so, you know, so I knew that I didn't have all the money to compete. So I had to find ways to um, <clears throat> get around that or, you know, how, how, what, 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 what strengths do I have? I know I can get to people. So what I did, I said, you know, from the, in the luxury spirits game, um, if I'm going to succeed in that world, I need to get like a luxury hospitality brand to get behind me, <clears throat> or at least, because when I walk in, I'll, you know, be, prior to that, prior to what I'm about to tell you, I'd walk into like, you know, a high-end hotel and tell them about, you know, sell them on the product, and they would just laugh at me. First, you know, they look at me just because I don't look like your typical, yeah. you know, alcohol salesman. Second, they're just like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, you know, and they just <laughs> kind of like laugh me out of there. Something. Yeah, it's just, they just don't have time. They don't want to deal with any small dudes. Yeah. And, so I'm like, all right, I got, I got something for that. So what I did is I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to be respected as a luxury brand, I need a, uh, I need a luxury hospitality brand. So when I walk in, the first thing they always ask me, where else are you available? And so and I, when I had nothing to say, it was just like, get me out of there. So what I did is I'm like, you know what? I have a strategy, but I'm going to test it on one hotel group and see what I can do. When I, when I think of luxury hospitality, the first thing I think about is Four Seasons. That's just, that's just me, right? Yeah. So that's my, when I think luxury hospitality, Four Seasons, the best service, you know. So I had read a book called The Philosophy of Business, and it was by Isidore Sharp, the founder of Four Seasons. And um, so I'm like, you know what, I'm going to write him personally. I feel like if I can get in the room with, with anybody, I can, anybody, I don't care who you are, I don't care if you're a Democrat, a Republican, black, white, Asian, you're, you know, whatever, I can connect with you yeah. somehow, somewhat. And um, so I wrote him a letter, and I was like, you know, I said, Mr. Sharp, I read your book. It's really impacted the way I approach business. I just wanted to thank you. And guess what? I read your wife's book, too. I found it on Amazon. It's called An Improbable Life. I'm just telling you, he knows no. that. But it's called An Improbable Life. She was a Jewish immigrant. And I said it was incredible. I said, um, if, if, if you wouldn't mind, I would love it if you can sign you know, the books I've enclosed or whatever. So I found both books. I found her book, 
sent them to him. I said, and also I'm working on, you know, this brand. Just wanted to let you know if you have any ideas, insights. You know, I would love to obviously want to work with you. If there's anything, you know, you can help with, I would love that. But either way, thank you. You know, a signed book more than enough. So man, I got. So also then I also threw in a, a custom polo from his, from his did my homework right yeah. cut through in a custom polo from his alma mater Ryerson Technical Institute in Toronto, um, so I sent him that package. Two weeks later I got a um, I got a package in the mail and it was the two paperback books that I sent and they weren't signed, um, but it also had two really nice hardbound, ver nice versions of both books, um, both with sweet messages in them, and then a letter like two sentences, said I love what you're doing. Would love to invite you to my home. Straight up. Book tickets that day. I took my business partner, CFO Nancy. Um, we flew out to Toronto. Um, still in disbelief, you know, uh, you know that he's, we're being invited to his home. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you don't take those type of chances, that doesn't happen, right? So on the way there, I'm refreshing myself like on the book. I'm reading the book, you know, yeah. so a fresh That's conversation. Smart. Doing the homework. And then what I realized was, I was reading the story and before he ever started any Four Seasons, he, he, did, he, he had never done anything in hotel development. So he, he read about this guy in Phoenix, Arizona that was a successful hotel developer. So he wrote him a letter and the dude invited him out. I was like, hey, I don't know you, but yeah. fly, you fly out to Phoenix. I'll teach you everything you need to know about hotel development. So he was just paying it forward, right? Circle so of like, life. Man, I'm telling you. And so that's why I, I, I do a lot of that. Like anything I can give to people, I, I want to yeah. give them you know, as much support and advice and insight as I can. Um, so we get there and get to his house, his house, and I'm talking like straight, just walk right to the front door. You know, it's probably $30, $40 million house, I'm crazy. Yeah. And um, his house manager opens the door. I'm like, we in this, like it, yeah. was, it didn't even feel real. You know, he comes out. Oh, and by the way, I didn't tell you. So I'm like, while I got his attention, I'm gonna really woo him. I'm like, I tell you, if I get yeah. to you, I'm gonna, you gotta I'm gonna, do it right. I'm gonna make an impact. So my, my, my stepfather is an artist by trade. So when I got that letter back, I hit him up. I was like, Pops, I need an oil painting done, and I need it done in seven days. And, and, and it's of Mr. Sharp, his wife, and his four boys from like 40 years ago. It's a picture in the book. And um, got it done. So when I got there, the house manager took the picture, put it somewhere. We met. We sat for two hours. About 90 minutes of that, we talked about like life and life lessons and everything but business, right? Yeah. Like connecting just deep on some deep stuff. And then like the last 30 minutes, um, he was, or no, so then the, the house manager brought the painting and like, like it brought a tear to his eye. And then like we went into, we went into his uh, wife's art studio, her name's Rosalie, who yeah. she's responsible for a lot of the interior design for Four Season, like, you know, before like 20, like 15 years ago. And she was in there doing art and she saw it and, and she got emotional because one of um, oh, the boys, that. one of the kids had died in yeah. high school of oh. cancer, right? Keep in mind, I was going through chemotherapy at the time. So like, there was that connection, right? So we sat back down and he was like, what can I do for you? And I was like, honestly, I got more out of this trip already than I can ever pay for. You can't, there's nothing much you can do for me. And then um, my partner was kind of like giving me like that nudge a little bit, like, <laughs> nah, like tell him what we need. The, the integrators, like, the integrators the, like. Right, that's yeah. what it is. I'm, the, I'm gonna get you happy, connected, yeah. but you need that shark to be like, yeah. oh yeah, no, this is what we need. We came for the bag, they get the bag, <laughs> right? And so, she, so I was like, well, since you're asking, um, I would love to be in all 104 seasons on the planet. Um, and he was like, anything else? I was like, well, I would also love to be the official uh, vodka on the um, Four Seasons Jet. Now, for anybody that hasn't seen the Four Seasons Jet, just go on their website and look for it. If you pay, a, it's like a 737, I think. 
It has like 64 seats on it. The whole, the whole, the whole plane is first class, and you pay like 120 racks, and you, it's for you and your and your loved one. And they take you to like, I could be butchering it the number, but they basically take you to like five countries in like 12 days, and. And you stay in the Four Seasons in every country. Right. Like it's a crazy experience, right? Everything first class. Like when people are doing these cruises, this is this is different. <laughs> it's different. It's a little bit, next a little level. bit higher. Yeah. So I'm like, and, and Dom Perignon's the official champagne. Okay. I'm like, and then he's like, anything else? I was like, and I'd love for you to sit on our board. So he was like, he thought he thought about it, took a little sip of his coffee. I remember it vividly. <laughs> and he was like, he's like, man, you know what? You came on a good week. He was like, I just promoted a new president of the U.S. Uh, uh, Four Seasons Operations. Uh, Vince I, and I just promoted a new uh, CEO of hotel uh, operations worldwide, Christian, um, and 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 they've moved. I had to move to Toronto to you know to for these positions, and this is the first week that they they're here and and they're coming over for dinner tonight because uh, I'm welcoming their families to Toronto, so, you know. So we'll drink it, and he's like, and assuming it doesn't you know taste like piss, <laughs> like, <laughs> we'll make it like, happen. We'll make it happen. So I got calls from you know the presidents as soon as I got back home. I'm getting emails and calls like, hey, Mr. Sharp has you know yeah. told us about this. Listen, keep in mind, I've walked in these places by myself, and they like laugh, basically laughed me yeah. out of there. Now I'm how you, how the you top, like me now? How you like me then? <laughs> Real, no, seriously, that's yeah. like you know. So, and that's the situation that top-down strategy I really believe in. You know, you start with the brain, and so. So, so, so back to, so getting the accounts, boom. He's like, yeah, we can get that done. He connected me with the team, we're working on, we're still working on getting in all yeah. of them. It's a process. Um, and then um, he was like, oh, Don Perignon, it's been a long partnership. Um, and there's some things that would need to happen. We can work on that. Um, so I, I don't know about that yet. He was like, and to be on your board, he was like, short answer, no. He's like, but here's my cell phone number. I'll do more for you than any board member will ever do for you. Um, and he amazing. was like, he was like, um, he was like, and the reason I'm saying no is because um, I, I'm I just turned 85, and I'm taking myself off of all my boards, and I'm selling the rest of my company to Bill. You know, that's okay. Bill Gates. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, to Bill, to Billy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I was like, man, that, that's really cool. And I, you know, I felt, you know, really like honored that yeah. he would do that. And, and he's like, use my name however you have to use me. Right. And I only tell that story. Like to say, like I'm just. Thank so, you for telling that story. Yeah, man. I, I, I feel like I could break that up and just make it its own podcast. For sure. So many gems on that. For sure. Like, there, yeah. And there's different pieces to that, right? Like, no one would think to go to the brain. Yeah. They don't think they can get to them. But if you read the book, if you do the homework, you kind of know how you yeah. have to navigate to get to them. Um, you know, and you got to ask for what you want. Yeah. You know, had she not, had Nancy not been there, I probably wouldn't ask for that. So it was good that she was there. Um, you know, and then just knowing what you want to ask for, you got to know what your objective is going into yeah. it. Now that you, now that you're there, now that you're at the table, like now you got to get it done. Um, but it all goes back to human connection, right? Yeah. Like, I know people, salespeople that just throw out mass emails and mass, you know, sales pitches it was, and change the name on the email, but it's the same pitch. Yeah. No one cares about your product, to be honest with you. No one cares. Um, you know, it's really, you, and instead of sending out 1,000 or 500 emails, that's just a mass email, do your homework and, 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 and target 100. That's and, true. And, and do your homework and maybe mention their college or mention a mutual friend or mention something, an interest that connects you and, 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 and takes you out of that, like just that pile of pitches that they're getting every day, That's right? It's, it's really about human connection. Imagine every, if you had something to sell and you had to go see a bunch of buyers, imagine, imagine like I wanna go into Walmart or something, and I wanna sell, imagine every pitch I had was to one of my homies. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's what human connection, that's, that's what true. doing your homework does. You make all the potential buyers your homies. Yeah. So as soon as you, so if you got a quality product, it's a done deal. Yeah, and I'll take it one step further. And that's why I feel like athletes can be good in this Really space. good. Because whether it's your sports, it's a global connection. Yeah. Alma mater with colleges, teams, cities, yeah. communities. Everyone's a fan. So if you do your homework, if you're willing to humble yourself, like you said, if you're willing to get down dirty, yep. um, you can be successful. And I really want to thank you for taking the time. Last thing real quick. The, the no. last thing is the other thing that at the reason athletes can win in this world, and I've, and I've seen it, is because in this world you have to deal with so many different types of personalities. In sports, you know, on your team, yeah. there's different personalities, and you approach everybody differently. you got to be ready for all types of personalities because you're going to run into it all, and there's a lot of egos. And so that's one. I think that's one really big advantage athletes have over that's everyone amazing. else. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Ricky. We could be here all day. Yeah, man. All day. I could, yeah, I could yeah, listen yeah. to you all day. We'll, we'll continue our soft by. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one one piece of advice you'd have for it, you know, any athlete, anyone in the sports business space, anyone in the entrepreneurship space, I mean, you gave enough gems to last, you know, the rest of the school year. But um, one takeaway. Be comfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a 2020 motto. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes, sir. And I think uh, you're the epitome of a frugal athlete. You know, even if you make all this money, be comfortable being uncomfortable, whether it's reinvesting back into yourself you know, you know, planning for the long term, um, all that. So really appreciate you once again. I appreciate and, you, uh, man. Yo, good luck this weekend. I appreciate that. Likewise. Thank you.